awesome God, mighty God. Besides you, there is none other. Lord, we thank you for this great occasion, the celebrating of the second year birthday of the New City Church, Plant City, Florida. And God, we pray that all that's done and said here today will bring you glory and honor and be a blessing to your people. Bless the preparation and proclamation of your word. We commit it to you. In the marvelous name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 I want to say a word, another word of welcome to our friends at, from the Plant City Church, New City Church. Plant City is, is our honor, our joy uh, to host you. And Pastor Miller uh, talked about uh, us coming again and being with you. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know how the Good Hope family feels about you. Good Hope Church family loves themselves some Pastor Miller <laughs> and Sister Miller. Amen. I couldn't help but think today that back in the late 80s, Pastor Miller was then Sergeant Miller in the United States Air Force. And he was seated in his office in Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado. And I was in the office over at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And we would talk and encourage each other, and we would pray. And one of our prayer requests was that God would allow us to be together close by whenever we retired. You remember that, Mill? And we used to pray, and in our conversation sometimes, God just let us be closer together. And I remember him jogging down Powell's Boulevard early in the morning. Amen. And we had some wonderful times together during those Air Force days, and God has granted us that request to be together, and that's part of the reason why we're here today uh, celebrating this church anniversary. Congratulations uh, to Pastor Miller and New City Church family on this, your second birthday celebration. The Lord has been good to you, and the Lord has blessed your efforts. He has added to the church as he has seen fit, and you took on a challenging endeavor to plant a church where you planted it and to, uh, to reach unreached people and to uh, do the things that God has called you to do. The theme you have chosen, uh, multiplying the church through discipleship making, is, is, a, is a good theme in that it emphasizes the, the fact that you, New City Church, are a body of believers that takes seriously the missional mandate uh, given by Jesus Christ uh, to, to make disciples, and so we congratulate you on this great, great, great occasion. Um, I want to turn your attention to a particular passage of Scripture. It's, it's a well-known passage in Matthew chapter 18, uh, chapter 28, rather, 16 through 20, and I was thinking about this today. New City, you've probably heard much of this, if not all of it, most of it, because I know your pastor, he's a dynamic preacher and a dynamic teacher, and he's all about the mission and the commission. And so, um, and, and so we want to just share some things with you today. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And in verse 19, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's your theme. You're talking about discipleship making and, and multiplying the church through discipleship making. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even 
to the end of the age. That's powerful stuff right there. That's a, that's a powerful word from the Lord. Now, over 2,000 years have passed since Jesus spoke these words. Um, actually, that I'm going to uh, spoke the words in, in Matthew 16 and 18. Jesus spoke these words. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Over 2,000 years have passed since Jesus spoke those words to his church. Shortly after making this statement, this pronouncement, this proclamation, Jesus traveled to Calvary where he was t died and was tortured uh, to death on the cross. But thanks be to God, Amen. that's not how the story ends. Three days later, Early on Sunday morning, as we talked about last week, he rose from the grave with all power in his hands. Now, he bridged the gap between God and humanity by sacrificing his body and shedding his precious blood there on Calvary's cross. Not many days after that event, the book of Acts chapter 2 tells us the Holy Spirit came and empowered the followers of Jesus Christ. They were all there. And the Holy Spirit came and empowered them. And, 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 and therefore, out of that uh, empowerment, the church was rooted, grounded, and established. Amen. Amen. However, however, through the years, the church that Jesus died for and rose again to establish has developed a multiplicity of expression through the years, a multiplicity of expressions. For example, the World Christian Encyclopedia, Oxford University Press, 1982, estimated that there were 21,000 denominations. The second edition in 2001 estimated 33,000 denominations. In 2002, I'm sorry, 2000, the Center for Global Christianity at Gordon Cromwell Theological Seminary estimated 34,000 denominations with a projected growth to 43,000 43, denominations in 2012. That's a lot of denominations. No doubt with a lot of variations. There are a lot of ideas, a lot of a, a, a lot of ideas, a lot of views now about what the church is, what the church should be doing. In fact, people come all the time for, with, 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 the, with the multiplicity of ideas of what the church should be involved in. Yet one thing is certain. From, 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 from the day of Pentecost, from the first century church until the 21st century church, Till April 27, 2014, one thing is certain. The mission of the church has not changed. All these years, all these denominations and non-denominations and expressions, the mission of the church that Jesus established had not changed. God is the same yesterday, the day, and forever. What he established back then is still good today. It has not changed. People change. 
Ideologies change. Even theologies change. But the mission of the church has not changed. Methods have changed. And can I tell you something? Methods will continue to change. But the mission remains the same. Jim Henry, pastor emeritus of First Baptist Church in Orlando, tells the story about a sign he saw in front of a church. The sign read, the church was vacant, congregation had disbanded, grass was growing up, and the sign read, gone out of business. Didn't know what our business was. Sad commentary. Gone out of business, didn't know what our business was. What can I tell you today? The primary business of the church is to carry out the mission, the mandate, the modus operandi Jesus set forth 2,000 years ago. Any movement from that foundational truth, even the slightest deviation away from what Jesus instituted as the prescribed plan for his church is a grave mistake. It doesn't matter what you see on TV. It doesn't matter what you hear people say. Any move away from what Jesus established is a grave mistake. doesn't matter what the populace says. Doesn't matter what, well, doesn't matter what those in the know claim uh, that the mission is. Any move away from what Jesus established the church to be is a grave mistake. Therefore, every Christ-centered, Christ-focused, Christ-ordained church family will do well to firmly connect and hold fast to the biblically mandated mission. But before we take a close look, Dr. Miller, at what the biblical mandated mission of the church is, I want us to examine just 10 things briefly that the mission of the church is not. Uh Just 10 things briefly that the mission of the church is not. Because because now we're in what's known as the postmodern era. But but the mission has not changed. But I want to share with you just 10 things the mission of the church is not. First... The mission of the church is not to build buildings. It's not to build buildings. Buildings may support the mission, but buildings were never intended to become the mission. We can enjoy buildings. We can benefit from buildings. But buildings are never to become the focus of the church because the mission of the church is not to build Second, the mission of the church is not to raise money. Can I say that again? The mission of the church is not to raise money. The doors of the church are not open so that we can be a fundraising organization. Red Cross, United Way, Salvation Army with the buckets in front of Publix and other places, Walmart for Christmas, they they have that as a part of their mission. But the mission of the church is not to raise money. In fact, the biblical standard for giving in the church is tithes and offerings. Not chicken dinners, not ham sandwiches, not bingo, but tithes 
an offering. Third, the mission of the church is not to make celebrities out of pastors, ministers, and church leaders. The truth is, church leadership at every level is about servanthood. Church leaders are in place not to be served, but to serve. And just a footnote here, I'm just so grateful because here at the Good Hope Church, our leadership understands that we are serving. We aren't in place for people to bring us water and to kick back and relax. And we, but we're here to serve the people. What, what are your needs? Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a, as a ransom. Four, the mission of the church is not to be a political organization. The church is not a member of the Democratic Party nor a member of the Republican Party. There's no way in Scripture where Jesus died for his church so that we can be a political flag-waving party. That's not the mission of the church. Fifth, the mission of the church is not to be a social club. There are no executive memberships and, and no exclusive memberships in the church. Seventh, the mission of the church is not to be an entertainment center. Committed Christians, those of you who are serious, those of you who have been in the trenches all week long, those of you who had to deal with the highs and lows of life, those of you who have been in the fight all week long, don't come to church for clowning around, silly behavior, and other types of foolishness. You just don't come for that. When I come to church, I don't come for that. Life is far too serious to pass our worship time away with frivolous performances. Eighth, the mission of the church is not to make blanket promises to people about health, wealth, and financial prosperity. In, in, fact, in fact, when you read your Bible, you will find that the Calvaristic experience is the greatest rebuttal to this myth. Notice, if you will, Jesus died from blows and wounds that caused his body functions to fail. That's a health issue. When he died, he left no houses, no land, or no livestock for folk to fight over. That's a wealth issue. That's a prosperity issue. In fact, in Matthew 8 and 20, Jesus said in reference to himself, he said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He never said having stuff is bad. He just said in and of itself, but it must be kept in the proper perspective, and it is not the mission of the church. Now, the mission of the church is not to be a bank or a lending institution to handle everybody's financial needs. That's not the mission of the church. Tenth and finally, the mission of the church 
is not to please everybody. It's not to, it's not to please everybody. We, we have a saying here at Good Hope. We say we pick oranges. And I ask the newcomers to, to brief when they come. I say tell the newcomers that. Here at Good Hope, let's do this analogy. We pick oranges. That's what God has called us to do. That's what God has equipped us to do. And so that's what we do. But now if you want to pick apples, if you want to pick bananas, or you're calling us to pick pears or pe- whatever, we're not saying that that's wrong. We're just saying that's not what God has called us to do. I mean, if you want to snow ski, you don't live in Florida. Not here where we live. If you want to snow ski, you go to Colorado where you can ski Breckenridge and Vail and Aspirin. Now, if you want to enjoy hot weather, sunshine, beach, then you come where we are. Amen. So if we try to be something God has called us not to be, then we are out of the will of God trying to please people. Can I get a witness here? I tell folk, you know, if you enjoy worshiping like we worship, you are welcome here. But if you want to do some other stuff, you got to go where they do that. And for us to shift gears and do what you want us to do, then we are out of God's will for our lives. The mission of church is is not to, to please everybody. So then, having talked about these 10 things, just 10 that mission church is not, what is the mission of the church? What, what is it we ought to be in, involved in? What is it that everything we do should tie into? Jesus lays it out in Matthew 20, 18 through 20, when he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Stop right there. First, the mission of the church is about making disciples. Everything we do ought to be tied somehow or another into making disciples. Now, that's also known as evangelism. It's also known as leading people to Christ, but it's really about making disciples. Jesus distinctively tells us in verse 19, the mission of his church is to make disciples. Our function is to do everything within our power to lead people who don't know Jesus into a personal relationship with him. New City, that's why God put you in Plant City where he put you. That's the reason why he birthed you the way he did, so that you can lead people to Jesus Christ. It's not enough for us to come to church and sit pretty and enjoy ourselves. All week long, there are folk, there are folk, there are folk who are outside of a relationship with God. Our duty, our mission is to lead them to Christ. Each of us, ha- ha- of us as members of the body of Christ, should be intentional about using our lips and our lives to encourage people to come to Jesus just as they are. I mean, that's what, that's what we ought to be doing. On, on our jobs, we ought to be using our lips. Wherever we are, we ought to be using our lips. But not only that, our lips ought to be backed up with our lives. Can I get a witness here? In other words, folk ought to be able to see Jesus living in and through our lives. We ought to be using our lips and our lives to draw people into a relationship with Jesus. It ought to be 
the sincere desire of every one of us that our family members, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, friends, and even our enemies come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father but through him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Therefore, it is imperative that we get the word out. It's essential that we spread the good news. It's urgent that we tell the story of Jesus who loved us so much in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And people need to hear that story. That's what the church is all about. That's the mission of the church. I talked some time ago. Um, I was sharing and, and, uh, and, and people were talking, uh, not here at Good Hope, but in another place about water fountain and color the carpet and, 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 and paintings and things of that nature. And my response is, I really don't care. I really don't care. What I care about is how many folk we are reaching for Jesus Christ. As we look around on Sunday morning, how many people are in worship with us or someplace else because we told them about Jesus? Second, the mission of the church is about teaching. It's about teaching. Verse 20 states, Jesus says, the first word, listen, teaching, teaching them, instructing them, guiding them, mentoring them to observe all things that I have commanded you. In verse 20, Jesus tells us the mission of his church is to teach his word. That's the mission of his church. The church is charged with the responsibility of teaching people how to become more and more and more like Jesus. That's what Sunday school is about. That's what Bible study is about. That's what men's groups and women's groups and youth groups are about. That's what worship is about. It's about, it's about teaching and training people to be more like Jesus. Once people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and once they are baptized as an outward display of an inward change, people need to be taught the Word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. Teaching is critical. Simply stated, that's called discipleship. A disciple is a follower. When we place our faith in the finished work of Christ alone, we become his disciples. As his disciples, we are to be forever engaging in growing and developing. We are to become more and more every day like him, growing in his image. When we become Christians, we become lifelong learners. The church is Christ-centered, Christ-commissioned, Christ-commanded, and Christ-empowered, and Christ-gifted to teach people to be more 
like Jesus. That's our mission. That's our aim. That's our purpose. And everything we do ought to tie into that. I was sharing once uh, with preacher about um, looking at uh, the possibility of going to, to pastor a church. And I, I said, well, look at the priorities of the church. How much money are they spending in evangelism? How much money are they spending in discipleship? What's the, more, what's the most important day? Is it Easter? Is it Christmas? Or is it the pastor's anniversary? Where are you putting your money? Are you putting your money into teaching people how to become more like Jesus? Or are you putting it someplace else that's not going to count for anything 10 years from now? Our aim is to teach people to, more, to be more like Jesus. Third, the mission of the church is about outreach. Notice verse 19 again, and in particular, notice the word go. The word go is derived from a Greek verb, which literally means, watch this now, to travel or to make a journey. That's what the disciples heard. When, when they heard Jesus say go, they automatically knew what he was talking about. When they heard him say go, they knew he wasn't talking about being stagnated. When they heard him say go, they heard him talk about travel, make a journey. So then, the literal statement Jesus makes to his disciples is make sure that your ministry remains mobile. That's what he's saying. Maintain the mobility. Main, maintain the fluid nature of your ministry. All right, let me put it this way. What Jesus is saying to them is don't become tied to a building. Uh-huh. Don't become tied to a building. Don't get tied to a place or even a certain location. Jesus is saying this to his disciples and to us. Don't become stationary or stagnant. Remain fluid. Always be a ministry in motion. Why? Because ministry was never designed to be confined to the four walls of a building. Now, over the years, we've done that to ministry, and we've gotten so caught up. I mean, we, we look at it, and we, we love building. But ministry was never designed to be, to, to, be, to be confined to the four walls of a building. One of the most important signs I've seen in and out of churches is a sign that I saw hanging over a sanctuary door, and I've seen it more than once with these words. We enter to worship. That's what we do. I mean, we come here in good hope, and I mean, this is a praise-getting-on church. <laughs> I mean, folk love to praise God. 
I mean, it's a good thing. You know, we, we, my daughter was talking about that last week. She was here, Pat. She, she, she was just talking about that. I mean, we loved it. Praise God. I mean, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. We enter to worship, to exalt him, to lift up the name of Jesus, to praise his holy name, to adore him, to thank him for all that he has done for us. We thank him for who he is. We enter to serve, to worship. But upon leaving the sanctuary, I saw another sign over the same door on the opposite side. And that sign read, we exit to serve. We exit. You, when you exit, when you're, when you're in the schoolhouse, when, you, when you're on your job, wherever you are, you are serving. That's what missions or outreach is all about. Outreach has to do more with what's done outside the four walls of the church building than what's done on the inside. In fact, in fact, as I prepare to wrap it up, Jesus and his disciples were involved in outreach ministry. In fact, in fact, in fact, Jesus and his disciples did far more ministry outside the synagogue or the temple than they did within. Uh Uh-huh. Watch this. Jesus ministered to the woman of Samaria outside Uh near Jacob's well. And I find it so interesting, so unique that he didn't say, sweetheart, sweetheart, I want to talk to you, but you need to come to my office. (laughs) In fact, I want you to come to 11 o'clock worship. No, he dealt with her right outside, right right there, right there, at the well, right there, on the outside of the temple. He healed a lame man outside by the pool of Bethesda. Listen, the man couldn't even come into the temple. The religious leaders wouldn't even let him in. But Jesus dealt with him right there, right where he was on the outside of the temple. How many opportunities are we letting go by on the outside? The mission mission is about outreach. He brought Lazarus back from the dead outside at Bethany. Am I right about it? He, he, he brought him back. He was on the outside. Peter, James, and John healed a crippled beggar outside as they headed up to the temple for prayer. A church truly participating in the mission will impact the world for Jesus Christ locally and globally. Our communities and our world constitutes our mission field. So here is your challenge, New City Church. On your second birthday, going into your third, here's your challenge. Make sure you maintain a missional mindset. I I mean, you're off to a good start, and and you're doing the right things, and you got the mission, but as God grows you and as God prospers you, sometimes complacency can set in, and we can lose focus on the mission. As we get buildings and as we grow and as our budget grows and as we get more and more comfortable with what we have, we got to make sure that we keep our minds on the mission. And I know you do that because you have a dynamic pastor. Be careful not to slip into the misguided notion 
that church is about buildings and budgets, about programs, performances, and projects, about how many people you can pack in the pews on Sunday morning. In fact, I think Jesus could care less about that. I mean, he wanted people to come and worship him, but he was about, how much are you doing on the outside? Never ask Peter and James and John, how much did you do on the inside of the temple? What are you doing on the outside? How many people are you reaching? That's the question. Be careful not to become moved, motivated, or mesmerized by L.A. preachers driving luxury cars and living large. That type of self-indulgent behavior does not feed one hungry mouth in Africa, build one hut in Haiti, send one vial of medicine to Malaysia, or provide one cup of soup to Sudan. Challenge you today. Remember your mission. And should you decide to accept it, To be the eyes, the ears, the heart, the hands, and feet of Jesus. To feed the hungry and provide clothes to the naked. To care for the widows, the homeless, visit the sick, those in nursing homes, rehab centers, and prisons. That's your mission. Missional churches. Work to tear down walls, build bridges, fight injustices, and oppression wherever they find it. So New City Church family, God has placed you in a prime spot and has equipped you to be on mission for him.